Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to tonight's main event. Brett Allen. Hey everybody, Brett Allen here with the Brett Allen Show, chatting more, breaking bad, better call Saul. I love these interviews. This is so much fun. Uh, today we have Tina Parker, uh, actress, director. Uh, she played the very iconic Francesca Liddy, <laughs> Saul Goodman's assistant in Breaking Bad and of course, Better Call Saul, which just ended sadly. Uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, I think out of there's many characters on the show that people love, but I think your character we love and even more so in the Better Call Saul world, because we really got to see a different side of you, a different side of her. And I'm going to mention this now. I'm getting ahead of myself before I forget, because I think, you know, I was I got invited on another show recently and we were talking about Better Call Saul ending. And one of the things that came up multiple times was the fact that we got to see Saul's office like normal for a while before it became what we knew about. <laughs> um, and your character had a huge part in that decision-making process. So let's talk about it now that it's over. How does it feel to sort of, I mean, really have this whole thing now put to bed? Cause you've been a part of this world for years. Yeah, it's, I will tell you, I watched the finale by myself at my house um, and uh, it was, I, you know, one, it was perfect. I loved the finale a thousand percent. And I just was surprised at how, um, how I, I kind of sad to leave all, to leave that world, that both worlds behind. Like it was truly the end of like an epic part of my life. <laughs> I mean, I, I started Breaking Bad, what, 2009, I think. And then yeah, my, right around my, there. Yeah, my last episode was in 2021 um, on set. So, you know, big chunk of my life get, with a lot of the same, almost all the same crew and just amazing, just an amazing experience. So I, I was kind of felt, I found myself a little sad <laughs> at the end of it, um, just from a personal standpoint, just knowing like, oh, when am I going to see all these people again? You kind of you know, not Francesca, she's only on, you know, every so often, right? Like, you know, I would yeah, but she's a very important character, though, for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I jokingly said in an interview recently, I was like, look, you know, in finale, Saul says, um, you know, Walter White would have been in jail in a month had it not been for me. And I'm like, well, Saul would have been in jail <laughs> in a month if I had flipped on him at any point, because I knew, I mean, loyal to the end to a fault you know yeah yeah if anybody was in on the joke it was your character because oh, yeah. <laughs> but i what i found interesting was well as a side note i lived in albuquerque for years oh. and uh got to do some background work on breaking bad oh, cool. uh, through white turtle casting who handled that show for years you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and even before that i can't remember her name who managed the casting for that show and then as she sadly passed away 
Um, but, uh, you know, I tell you, it's just such an iconic part of that culture there in New Mexico. Um, it's and, another, uh, and it is truly Albuquerque is truly a character in the play to me. It is. In, yeah. In the show, yeah. You know, yeah. it's interesting because I remember watching an interview years ago that Brian Cranston did about the show, because if people don't know, like when this show first started, I don't know, the first season, second season, you know, nobody was watching this thing, you know, until like season three and four. And then people really started to get into it. But he was like, you know, Albuquerque plays just as much or New Mexico plays just as much of a part in the show uh, as everybody who's involved down to, you know, the, the, whatever you want to call it, like every single character. Absolutely. Um, and just cinematically uh, so beautiful. Now, I don't know, uh, the woman that owns Walter White's house, she's not quite so happy. No. Uh, she's, I, I feel bad for her or anybody else really, but I think she, seems to probably be the one to get the most unwanted attention from yeah, fans. Yeah, I mean, when you get when you get pizza thrown on your roof a lot, like I could see that would get that would <laughs> get old, you know, it's or terrible. Yeah. I think there's like a fence now cuz you can't get to take pictures farther away from it. And I get I mean, I'm sure the neighborhood's like really? Yeah, I mean, they I've seen barricades, I don't know. I digress. But um so anyway, your character you know, winding the clock back a little bit because you'd been a part of a few things, but this clearly was like a huge role for you. Uh, and just Absolutely. and very which kind of again, out of all the characters, all the ancillary stories, I think Francesca was the most fascinating because really when we see her in Breaking Bad, you know, she's who she is, she's jaded. You know, life is tough for her. And no matter how much cash gets thrown out or, you know, she's still a human being and wants to be treated as such. But when we see you in Better Call Saul, we get to see that more human side. You're excited. You know, you're passionate. This is a big break for you to work for Jimmy and for Kim. And you not, none of this is known yet. So when you get approached for this role or you see this role, how did it come about for you? Did you audition for it? Did they reach out to you? How did it work? Um, there was uh, just a, at the time in Breaking Bad, there was a, lo uh, a local casting director named Tony Cobrock who was casting, yes. helping with locals casting during those early stages, I think, of Breaking Bad. Um, because I don't know that, you know, that's right when kind of New Mexico was starting to come in its own of having more and more film production there. Yeah, but like Breaking so Bad sort of was like the forerunner for people coming there and doing stuff. Absolutely. So Tony was and I think Tony was doing some of the locals casting and she's based in Dallas. And so when the call went out um, for the role, uh, you know, I got to go in and I looked at the side and I was like, no, this is going to be some blonde, big boobs lady. Cause you know, the side, the scenes that I read, you know, I'm sure stuff got changed or whatever, but was very, you know, he's making those kind of innuendos and this, that. And I was like, uh, you know, like I'm not as skinny blonde with big boobs or whatever, you know, like, <laughs> but I was like, well, I am what I am. So, you know, you know, you gotta just like, they're calling me in for some reason. So we just got to lean into, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I remember like wearing an outfit that I felt really cute in, like it was just kind of I was into rockabilly at the time, kind of swing dancing, hilarious. So I wore this outfit like that. And I walk in and there are a lot of blonde, like more business style ladies. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just be different today or whatever. Um, but I had a great audition, felt good in the room. 
Tony thought I was funny. So I was like, great. So then I didn't hear anything for a while. So I was like, yeah, you know, it is, it is what it is. You felt good about it. And I remember sitting in the, in another audition for like some bite and smile commercial, you know, that I would never book. Cause you know, as soon as I open my mouth, they're like, you're not a young mom or whatever, like happy young mom. Like, no, you're not. Um, and my agent called me and was like, Hey, can you be on a plane in like three hours? And I was like, well, what? <laughs> and luckily I, I run a theater company, kitchen doc theater here in Dallas. Yes. Um, so luckily I wasn't in a play or doing anything at the time that I had to finagle. And I was like, absolutely. I can be on a plane. Um, and that's how it kind of happened. It was very sudden and wild and thank God I was able to get on that plane, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I remember getting to the hotel room and that's back, you know, early days of, of the franchise. And so we got, we'd get our sides in a little, brown envelope if you left it that you know left under your door or whatever and I remember pulling out the thing and seeing Bob's name on the cast list and I was like wow like I was just nerded out like I'm such a huge Mr. Show fan I was like you've got to keep it together you've got to stay cool or whatever <laughs> I was so excited I was so excited and I, I did nerd out on him a little bit on the way back in the van and he was very very cool about it um uh, yeah. yeah that's how it all started was just an wow. audition that I really didn't think I would get or that I was right for, but I was like, lean into it and see what happens. And luckily they, you know, my tape somehow made it to Vince, you know, that's usually how it happens though. There's usually like the cattle call of like, you know, the type. And then there's right. always a few archetypes or antithesis to what they're looking for. And, um, well, and that's what it- they said it like on the, that there's that great, if people are listening and are fans of Saul Breaking Bad and aren't aware of the Insider podcast, like I highly recommend yeah. listening to it just because you get to hear the creators talk about the episode. And somebody messaged me. It was during, I think, season four, the big, my big scene in Breaking Bad that I have with Brian when he breaks in the office, you know, and we have the big, I shake him down. You're going to have money. to pay to fix this. That's oh, yeah. so classic. Like somebody, people always point out, they're like, you're the only person that <laughs> should walk down and lived or whatever. And I was like, yes uh that was such he, a great moment i oh I'll my god i loved that. it and it was like so early on a monday morning and you know i'm from dallas and it was the day after the mavericks won the championship like i was like you've got to go to sleep you've got to go to sleep or whatever <laughs> you have a big scene your only big scene with brian cranston um but on that insider podcast vince talks about the cast you know how he cast me um and he says like yeah he was showing a bunch of you know certain kind of type and he's like that's not what i'm looking for i want something different for Saul. Um, and the cast director's like, well, she's not right, but here, I want you to look at this. And he was like, that's what I want. <laughs> so I was like, I love and it. That, isn't it what, you know, that's how random this business and it's crazy. Is. Like it's really you, never could, know. you could go in and audition for the same casting director hundreds of times and, you know, never get something. But what I found out was, is that they keep calling you back because they like you and they right. want you for something. So really oftentimes, you know, here a little bit of masterclass here is there, you know, booking the room is sometimes just as important as getting the role because that, you know, mid thunder casting and New Mexico, I mean, the, the go to casting people, you know, I mean, cause New Mexico is big, but it's also, can be a small pool because you wind up seeing a lot of people in these shows or in plain sight was another one. I got to do right. several episodes of that. That was a lot of fun. Um, you I know, I auditioned for that. So I never was on it. I auditioned for that. Like I was on like four or five times. episodes. The <laughs> one that stands out to me is, 
It was an episode called A Priest Walks Into a Bar with Joe Spano. Uh, and uh, I get thrown up against a wall and smashed around in a strip club. It was kind oh, of wow. exciting. Um, but again, you know, it's just so much fun. So Breaking Bad ends. There's talk of Better Call Saul. We don't know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden, now it's become real. And of course, there are going to be new characters, clearly like Rhea and, you know, um, I his name is Howard Hamlin. Yeah, Patrick. Um, and then you get to come back. So what is that conversation like when you find out this world's coming back, but now it's a couple years behind or a couple years before Breaking Bad? I, you know, they've given different sort of that was one thing they were smart with of these shows is they didn't really give dates. So it could kind of stand the test of time. They've done that with several things because right. they want it to be evergreen. But how does the conversation go? Who calls you? Does Vince call you and say, we want you to come back or your agent? I mean, <laughs> no, it's really just, I mean, like, uh, uh, I, you know, it came back and we, I knew the show was coming back. And, but I was like, who knows when I'll come back, you know, cause I don't know where they're starting in the story. And then, you know, literally I wasn't in it until like, I think the third season, right? Yeah, Francesca roughly. comes back. So I was like, well, they'll bring me when they bring me. If if I get to go, I'm, you know, kept like burning all of the sages and everything. Like, please, Lord, let me go back. I was like, I will brush Bob's hair. I will do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> I'll work at the MVD for one scene, whatever you need. Um, yeah, that was great. But, <laughs> but I, you know, I got the, I think it was just casting reached out to my agent and said, hey, we want her. She's, they want her back. And I was like, awesome. But I had no idea for how much. And, you know, and I had a whole lot that first uh, ride back that first season three. Um, it was just so fun. Like it, uh, it was fun to see where she started. Yeah. And from tip to, you know, and, you know, you know, you're in good hands with these guys. Regard, you know, like I would, you know, go and hold the phone book or do whatever they wanted me to do in the background if that's what they wanted. Um, because the stories are just so incredible, incredible to dive into as a, an actor, just the world they create. Um, top to tail, like all the design choices. So like, you know, like I would say Francesca is a minor character, but the, you know, just the attention to detail, like in the wardrobe. So like at the beginning, if you look at it, the color palette and things that Francesca's in, it's like automatically you feel a certain way because I'm in pinks and- Yeah, you're very fresh and ripe and ready to go. But she drives the story though. Like there's those characters that move the story forward. Even in the end, you know, when you get your- story in Jean's world you know yeah uh, you're a slumlord or dealing with the potheads <laughs> which i thought was so apropos and shakespearean for her uh-huh. a thousand percent, like yeah. that's oh. how she ends her we get her story to end <laughs> it I couldn't know. have been any better mm-hmm. um so great and uh even in that last bit she still has some sort of feeling and of of sympathy for him you know when he calls her on the payphone and tries to shyster her out of the money uh but says you know you're gonna pay me for this because i'm putting my life on the line um i mean you just couldn't have ended any better and i thought that was cool to 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 see that your storyline got an ending we got to kind of see what happened to her yeah after shit pardon me went down and (laughs) you know uh totally and but she's still okay, you know, even though she's being watched uh, and that sort of thing. There's still a little, he's a little bit of like compassion in your character 
to say, I'm going to do this one last thing for you. And this is going to be it because you've really jacked my world up. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like I said, she, she, it's almost like a dysfunctional marriage. A little uh, bit. Yeah. You know, like she, she, it's like they, she's invested in this relationship for so long that you just can't, she can't give it like if to, to, it's hard for her to cut it off. It's like an know? abusive relationship almost. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Not, not I, physical, but just no. sort of like, you know, but you just put, you put so much effort into something. Yeah. You don't want so much of your life. And it's like, it's got to turn at some point it's going to change or at some point, you know, I will have, you know, she's making money. She's, you know, he probably, he, he, you know, at some point she's going to get to take that trip. She's uh, keeps planning. Yeah. You know, I, I like to say like, she's has the passport so that they can leave the country, you know, when they need to, but it has no stamps because she's never able to leave, you know, like she's planned lots of trips, she probably has lots of partial tickets. Uh, she probably has tons of gift certificates to spas that, you know, here's a gift, 10,000 waves for you, you know, from Saul, like apologies, but she, you know, could never, like she, as soon as she sat in the pool, it'd be like, her Bluetooth would be going off or whatever. Yeah, like, there was never like a moment for her to just relax a little bit and go. No. But I mean, although, you know, even in the beginning, you know, he sort of reels her in a little bit that we get in the Better Call Saul world, you know, when she comes to apply to work for both of them. Yeah. It's like she loves Kim because Kim sort of brings normalcy to things. And when things start to sort of get weird a little bit and he's starting to do some shystery stuff. She still wants to believe the very best, but, and then yeah. when they break up and sort of go their separate ways, you're like, where's Kim at? And you know, yeah. uh, the glue that holds it together. Um, fantastic. All the success is well-deserved on this. You just did a beautiful job. It was so fun watching you and breaking bad. And now oh, to have you, of course, and better call Saul and to have this conversation, I want to ask you one last question. Sure. Uh, because we did talk about your theater group that you run there in Dallas. That's a huge part of your background. Um, Absolutely. Let's talk about that uh, because I think that's probably something maybe a lot of people might not know about you uh, yeah. or they might. And I'm just assuming, but let's talk about it. Cause that's huge. Cause it's gotta be great for the people that you work with to have you involved, especially with your experience in this show and, and all the other projects you've done. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I've been with Kitchen Dog Theater in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I've worked with them since 1993. So yeah, forever, ever, forever, ever. And I'm uh, the co-artistic director here uh, with my co-worker, Chris Carlos, since 2005. So yeah, it's kind of like my grown child. You know, sometimes it's nice to me. Sometimes it's, you know, like a child, terrible. Um, but we, <laughs> but we, uh, we uh, do... Uh, new plays, contemporary plays, really committed to new work. Um, I think, it, you know, I'd say 86% of what we do are premieres for the region, plays you wouldn't probably see otherwise. If, um, so pretty proud of our track record in new play development. We're about to, hopefully, if everything goes right, you know, of course, it's the absolute wrong time to start all this, but uh, we hopefully will be renovating a building that we now own into a theater at the end of the start renovating, hopefully at the end of this year. So wow. we'll have our own space. Finally, uh, we're about a 32 year old company. So it's kind of exciting final chapter in our, That's uh, very in our cool. evolution. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we'll see once we get in it, how happy I am, you know, she'll turn into Francesca probably, but um you know, <laughs> that's something I share in common with Francesca is like, sometimes you're like, okay, when can I go on a trip or what's my life? Cause I'm over here building a set or, 
now I've got to travel and do this for work. You know, it's a, you know, not to complain because, you know, it's a great life, but I have a similar situation of like a passport with no stamps. I love it. Except you're not, you're not laundering money for a shyster lawyer. (laughs) No, exactly. It's like one of those things like learn from Francesca, learn from your roles, take your trip to Paris, even though I'm. Yeah, well, you deserve it because you just (laughs) have worked your behind off the last 10 years and to finally have all of this completed and just so smartly written and really, again, going back to the beginning of our conversation, um, so great uh, that you got an opportunity to relive this role again and create a different version. I had Jeremiah Batsui on a few months ago and we talked about how it was like for him to come back and play Victor again. Uh, he's like, well, I'm a little bit older and a little bit heavier. The jean jacket doesn't fit as nicely, <laughs> but right. it's still fun to hop in the suburban and play this like, you know, massive, massive thing. Oh my um, God. Yeah. Any, I mean, all of us, I mean, it's interesting just cause it's, I think we all have that experience of like, you know, all any, any of us would go back regard, like here, it's, it's one scene, two lines. That's all you got. And it's like, I will make time and I will do it or whatever, just because these kind of scripts and the kind of energy that the group, everybody from your showrunners to your stars, to your PAs, to catering, like everybody's, everybody's energy is just really about let's make the best thing. Let's challenge each other to make the best thing. And, and it's rare, man. It's a rare it's a rare breed and you know, hopefully lightning will strike again and I get to be part of another world. that's like that, but it was r- truly one of the best. Yeah. Of my I life. mean, one of the best things to come out of New Mexico uh, <laughs> entertainment wise. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has of been course. a blast and uh, I, we appreciate you coming on. Okay. No, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care. <laughs>